Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm your host, John Plumley, but you can all call me Jack. My guest today is Dylan Proctor, a good friend of mine, someone who's very focused on business, on community, on building other people up, something that's super important, especially during these times. He's involved in Forex trading, in the stock market, and so much more. Please enjoy this episode. This is a test, JP Bar Podcast. All right, Dylan, thanks for uh, coming on to the show. Thanks for making the trip up here from Red Deer to Calgary on this uh, very rainy day. It feels yeah. like Vancouver out there. <laughs> thanks Doesn't for it? having me, man. No, it was a good trip up. It was a little wet, but we made it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you're very involved in is Forex trading, and I can't emphasize it enough. The way you approach this is in one of the most genuine ways that you can, and I mean, it has to be addressed that there's such a scammy environment an ecosystem around Forex. I don't know why that sort of is, and maybe we could get into that another time because I think there's a lot to unpack with that, right? But first of all, for someone who's listening in who isn't familiar with Forex, or maybe their only experience with it, is that person in their DMs who's, you know, has this quote unquote <laughs> business opportunity or this yeah. Bitcoin investment. For someone who's not familiar with it, how would you explain Forex and the way that you approach it. Honestly, when I'm explaining Forex to a newbie, I relate it to the stock market. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people are familiar with, right? When it comes to trading, investing. So it's very much similar in the fact that you're trading security, except for it being a corporatization security, you're trading currencies. So foreign exchange is what Forex is short for. Uh, Forex is short for foreign exchange. Yeah. And yeah, you're simply trading currencies paired against another currency. So the US dollar versus the Canadian dollar. Mm -hmm. And you're trading the fluctuation in the value of that currency. Mm -hmm. So it's just the same as you trade the fluctuation in value of a company, and it's very similar. So that's how I explain to a new guy what foreign exchange is. Is it's, it's really no different than the stock market, the futures market, commodity market. It's just the securities to what you're actually trading is different. It's a currency. It's not corn, it's not a company, mm -hmm. it's not XYZ. True. It's a currency. And I think everyone's familiar with the fluctuations in currencies, right? Everyone knows, especially if you live in Canada, you're always quite aware if the Canadian dollar is lower than the US dollar, which it, right. you, I think it has been our whole lifetime. Or maybe when uh, we were no, young. It was that par early 2000. Yeah. But most people are aware of those fluctuations, but most people don't understand that there is like a market around that and that you can actually get involved and you know, trade and, and profit off that. It is growing. Like it's only been since about 19, like mid nineties, 95, 98 around there when it's been getting like really popular in like the retail tra uh, trading. Yeah. It was mainly used by institutions, big banks, right? They were the ones that were dumping the millions of dollars into the markets and your retail traders, and when I mean retail trader, I mean like you and I, just your average Joe in the market, they were heavily invested into the stock markets, right? Mm -hmm. And these big Forex traders and commodities traders, you heard about them, but they weren't as well known. 
Yeah. And now I think greatly with social media and like you said, a lot of the scams or you know these guys that are trying to get your money into these auto traders or a lot of educational platforms now that are mm -hmm. marketing their platforms, it's creating that awareness around you know Forex and cryptocurrency is the really big one now because Certainly. of the digital age. Mm -hmm. But Forex is there I think because it's the barrier to entry with the stock market is so large because you need money. Mm -hmm. Right. This is simple as like if you can't you can't really like successfully day trade and live off the market unless you have at least ten twenty thousand dollars actively being traded. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can make it with a couple thousand. You can grow your account, but I mean to actually comfortably live on, make it a career. You need to have a good decent sized account, and that was the barrier to entry for a lot of traders, and that's what I think attracts a lot of people to forex. Because we have leverage, you have lower position sizes, commissions are lower. There's just many more factors to make it easier for a guy to take $500 and jump in the market and start day trading. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the stock market, not so much. And mainly being commissions, right? Like for me, if I'm trading a stock, I pay $10 to buy, $10 to sell. Like so my one stock has to increase a par value of $20 before I break even on that trade. Yeah. Which is pretty substantial, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why with stocks, you got to buy hundreds of stocks at a time, which requires money. True. Whereas Forex, you can enter the market with 50 bucks mm -hmm. and you could easily double that to a hundred. Yes. You can also lose it just as easy. And that's the thing with Forex is it's a lot more volatile. Mm. So you see right. that traditional 90% of traders lose 90% of their capital in the first 90 days. Mm. It's true. Yeah. It really is. Mm -hmm. And a big reason for that is emotions. True. Mindset. Which you see in the stock market. Mm -hmm. But Forex, the volatility mm. makes your emotions play a little bit more rapidly. <laughs> and with things moving so yeah. fast, that's where you get these new guys getting burnt so quickly. And that also is kind of where the scammy stuff comes from because yeah. people lose their money so quickly in the market, mm -hmm. but that's because they're uneducated True. Right? as to what they're actually stepping into. Yeah. You, you played yourself to quote DJ Khaled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you um, go. yeah. It's interesting too compared to the stock market, something about stocks that's a bit more quantifiable to the average person is that it's a company, right? right? So there is that aspect with the stock market where you can buy shares in Apple and you kind of know the product, you know the business, right? And then you can look at it as just a long-term investment. Yep. You buy their shares, expect the company to grow, and then you withdraw in the future. That That's a very basic concept to understand. And that I think is, you know, besides maybe mutual funds and RSPs or things through the bank, that is the most commonly made investment to the average person is doing that kind of long-term invest in a specific company in the stock market. And that's now where we're kind of getting into like investing versus trading. True. Right? Like a lot of people get that confused. Yeah. And it did take a little bit for me to understand the difference too. I started my career investing. You know, I started in the stock market. I bought X hundred shares and I held them for months. Mm -hmm. It didn't allow me to live off my account because like I said in the beginning, I didn't have that large account to actively day trade it. Mm. So I was sitting there weeks on end to make, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. And in the retrospect of things, a couple hundred bucks over a couple of weeks isn't very much money. Mm -hmm. But when you have a larger account, you take in percents, it all leverages out, then you start making money. So trading versus investing, like trading or actively getting in and out of the market, you know, that could be within minutes, within seconds, within days, within weeks. Yep. You could also have an investing approach with trading. Mm -hmm. 
But that's like you said, with mutual funds, RSPs, traditional stock market, you see people investing their money, right? They're working their nine to five, and then they go buy a couple shares of, maybe they get stock options in their own company, and then they mm -hmm. go buy a couple shares of Microsoft or sure. Apple or whatever company's booming mm -hmm. at the time, whatever they're hearing yeah. about on the street, right? Yeah. And then of course, for their retirement, right? They're buying mutual funds, mm -hmm. RSPs, that's investing. Yeah. I do invest, I believe everyone should have an investment portfolio, but my nine to five mm -hmm. is trading. Mm. And that's where a lot of people kind of get confused because trading is not passive income. Right. It can be mm -hmm. if you're placing that trade and you go on your day and it's doing its thing in the background. Mm -hmm. But if you're sitting there day trading at your computer, you're actively making money. Mm -hmm. You're working. You know, you'll have a lot of people, oh, I don't, I don't work. I trade. Well, no, you're still trading yeah. some time for money, but mm -hmm. you're also trading money to money. You're trading time for money, but you're using also money to leverage. So what you're making per hour is variant. It's right. up to you, mm -hmm. right? But you are still quote unquote working. It's different. I mean, when people say passive income, it's such a blanket statement. Like it is mm. so vague, right? And then there's just the age old debate where you know, what is really passive and is it even possible unless you have robots working for you, right? Exactly. But even with that, you had to go and build the robots, whatever the scenario may be. But um, I don't know if passive really exists and people who talk about it is very, very vague. Mm -hmm. So um, how did you, how did you like get started in Forex? Forex specifically. So like I said, I started in the stock market. I was there for about two years and then just with my nose poking around in the trading community investing, I ended up coming across an educational company mm. that was teaching specifically Forex and Bitcoin. Um, that's where I got introduced to Forex. And honestly, what piqued my interest was the low barrier to entry. Right. Um, yeah, like you were saying. I saw that, okay, yeah, this is a huge market. You know, just to give you an idea, the Forex market, daily market cap is about $6 trillion. Hmm. Your New York Stock Exchange trades about 23 billion a day. Hmm. So your foreign exchange market is much larger, much more, I guess, piece of the pie to take, right? So that kind of like, that was my first instinct. It's like, oh, there's, there's bigger market cap, right? So there must there's more money floating around. There must be more opportunity. Well, yes and no, because now you got that volatility that comes into play, right? Because right? now, like I said, you have a lot of big banks that play with Forex. Mm -hmm. So you have very smart people with lots of money. Mm -hmm. Right, and I myself am a regular Joe <laughs> with a little bit of money. So uh -huh. there's that yeah. advantage mm -hmm. to them having more money, yeah, more education, more resources, more years in the market. Mm -hmm. Right, they understand all this. So forex was really interesting to me because yeah, low barrier entry, uh, huge market. And I could get started with as little as like hundred bucks. Right. I mean, I don't recommend that, but I could, right? And yeah. that's and that's what I did, and I got burnt. But mm -hmm. but I was able to actually get in there, start actively trading, clicking mm -hmm. buttons, actually get in the market, start learning. Yeah. Whereas with the stock market, I couldn't even get in because right. the commissions are too high. Right. So I'm sitting there watching the market, mm -hmm. not actively trading it. Yes. So that's what I really liked about the forex. And then honestly, I just came actively trading it every day. I became very familiar with it. I came to mm -hmm. understand it more. I started moving my money over from the stock market into Forex just because I needed more capital to day trade. Right. Soon enough, I was building accounts over in Forex and I had nothing left in my stock portfolio. <laughs> and 
I guess I'm a forex trader, right? And then, yeah. and then, yeah. So I stuck with that for about another year and a half. Got very vast into the forex, and now I'm actually moving back over into mm. some stock options, and I've recreated a long-term stock portfolio for myself. But right. But yeah, that's how I got started in forex. I got introduced through through an educational company. So just to touch on something you mentioned there, when comparing again forex to stocks, just in terms of um, how did you put it, like. There's more money in Forex, more... Um, there's more market, like there's more, more money market. flowing okay. around because foreign exchanges everything, right? Like when McDonald's exactly, buys their yeah. cups from China, mm. it goes through foreign exchange. Right, right, right. So that's really what's fueling the market. Whereas oh, yes. with, with stocks, it's just the companies and just people buying stocks, sort of? Yeah, it's, well, we'll start right from the beginning, right? Like a company sure. comes out with an IPO, initial public offering, right? right? They have X amount of stocks, they can, outstanding shares that they can offer to their shareholders. They do an IPO, they get X amount of funding, mm-hmm. and now they're rolling out. So a lot of the time, yeah, the only trades being taken are preferred and common shares mm-hmm. being sold by the company. Whereas with foreign exchange, what impacts the currency is very vast, right? Yeah. Let's even just talk about the US dollar, right? Okay. You got things like gold, mm-hmm. you got things like oil, mm. you got imports, exports. Yeah. Those are your big ones that really impact and are indicators. And then you have your your GDPs, your mm-hmm. CPIs, like all your macroeconomic indicators that affect the currencies. What right? about on the micro micro level? And that's what that's, that's what okay. I'm trickling down to, like funneling. You have all these big things up here, right? And then it funnels down, and now you're starting to get to where the stock market is. Right? Now you have that psychological human emotion through the traders, mm-hmm. and you have the actual retail aspect, and you actually have the buying and the selling and the trading and everything going on. But even above that, you have so much more economical factors that take place and that affect. Like I'm not saying that economical factors don't affect the stock market and companies because they true yeah. but the forex market is very heavily impacted by mm. fundamental news fundamental analysis which are yeah you know things like cpis gps mm-hmm. wars you know yeah. the coronavirus like yeah. these are things that impact it impacted the dow jones on the stock market huge for sure but you also saw that on the, on the forex side right mm-hmm. so the thing is is with with the stock market it's busy every day yeah i'm not saying that it's not but it's, I don't want to call it more calm because it's also yeah. not, but it is a different beast. True. And with it being a different beast, there's different things that impact it. But stock market is more heavily impacted by human emotion mm. and a little bit of economical factor. That's my own personal opinion. Okay. Whereas Forex is a lot of fundamental impact and a lot of human, mm-hmm. but you also have, because everything goes through it, right? Yeah. So you could have all of the factors line up and one little thing, like Mm. maybe one institution that just decided to sell off Mm. that day for whatever reason, it affects your trade negatively, Mm. right? Yeah. So it could just be one, and let's say the stock market, one thing could affect your trade. Of course, yeah. But I definitely feel like that's the big trade-off. Yeah, there's more variables. And and again, like you mentioned, that could be a pro and a con, right? You can take advantage of that. Um, volatility through all the extra variables yes. or it could be at your disadvantage. Well, that comes down to being a trader, right? That's mm-hmm. like, as a trader, you can trade Forex, you can trade commodities, mm-hmm. you can trade stock options, you can buy and hold stock, you can, man, you can trade so many different things. Right. And then, so it comes down to you as a trader as to what do you want to trade? What suits your lifestyle the best? What suits your routine the best? What suits mm-hmm. your personality the best, mm-hmm. right? 
there's a lot of stock traders who hate Forex and a lot of Forex traders who hate stock. And then there's guys who trade both. Yeah. Right. So it's whatever comes down to what fits you as a trader. Right. And then I know this, this seems kind of silly to add in, but just, just for, um, just for creative purposes, you've got to consider being a trader as a human being, right? Hmm. Trading baseball cards, trading food, oh, right? These sort of, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And I don't think it's fair to just talk about traders as people who are involved in Forex or stocks. No, or no, no. Everyone is trading something. Well, right? even in, um, I know I was in the agriculture industry for a little bit mm -hmm. and I found it interesting because I was day trading at the time and I was yeah. doing uh, con uh, sales for this company as well. I was doing mm -hmm. independent, independent sales and I noticed there was a title I was at a trade show, I was trader. Yeah. And this guy's a trader and I was what the, what's a trader? <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, you know, financial. Uh -huh. So I went up and talked to him, I asked, you're a trader, whatever. So well, I'm a commodity trader, and again, you know, I'm thinking like this guy's trading the charts like gold, oil, right. cotton, corn, <laughs> like trades commodities. And like, so I was like, oh, like, so I started talking to him about uh -huh. my field, and he's like, no, 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 like, I'm a hard, like, I trade hard commodity. Like, but he mm -hmm. actually, he was a broker, right, for commodities, so he would sell these commodities to other companies, like raw commodities, like he would sell raw grain, raw okay, canola oil, yeah. raw commodities mm -hmm. to these manufacturing companies, things like that. Yeah. And he was classified as a trader, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, no, you're very right. Like it's not just a financial mm -hmm. title. Like there's traders in every industry, yep. everywhere. I think that's really valuable for individual people to consider themselves a trader, right? Because mm -hmm. when, you, when you view yourself as a trader, you can analyze yourself. Am I a good trader, right? Well, that's where we started, right? Before yeah. money, the barter system. Exactly, right? yeah. I'll trade you X amount of this for X amount of that, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And that's how that's how we, I think, have always gotten through life. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't around caveman ages, <laughs> but I assume for sure. they traded. It seems that way. It seems integral part of human evolution. And, and again, if you view yourself as a trader, you can ask yourself, am I a good or bad trader? Mm -hmm. If you don't even view yourself as a trader, chances are you're getting the short end of the stick all the time because you are trading inevitably something, your time for money, your, your friendships yeah. for something in return, all these things. It's kind of like when you say that, like think of Grant Cardone, you know, be or be. You're either being sold yeah. or you're selling. Exactly. Right? Or, or, Seller, or, the, or the saying, right, if you don't know who the sucker in the room is, it's probably, probably yourself. yourself. So you, you yeah. got to analyze yourself. you got to look from a third person and see what is it that I'm doing in life, right? Exactly. And am I doing a good job at it or a bad job of it? And I think viewing yourself as a trader per se um, can be a good way to analyze your actions in the world. So kind of interesting there. Um, another thing to tie into all this is knowing you for, for a few years now, since I guess middle school slash junior high days, yeah. you've always been really, you've always been very extroverted, first of all, but that has caused you to be very community focused, I would say. Right. Like even back in middle school, you're focused on building other people up, right? Like you wanted to see your friends get successful, whether it be in just some small little endeavor, some you know, childish thing, or maybe yeah. they're selling their bike, you'd help them. Oh yeah, market <laughs> your bike, get a good dollar for it, whatever it was. Yeah. You were always very focused on building others up and thus creating community and helping others. So my question to you would be, where do you think that stems from? Why does that motivate you? And how are you tying that into Forex trading? Because that could be a quite isolating thing, but you focus on the community aspect of that as well, right? You know, to answer you, where does it stem from? I don't know. I really don't know. 
I would say on my journey of personal development in the past four years, I've just consciously recognized that about myself. Mm. Whereas you were saying here, you recognized it in junior I, high, right? For sure. So myself, I didn't see that. Yeah. So that makes me happy to know that subconsciously I've been mm. doing that all my <laughs> life. Because yeah. like I said, on my journey of personal development, I've come to see that what really fulfills me, what really makes me happy is seeing other people happy. Mm. Not saying that I like, of course, love seeing myself successful too. For but sure. I believe the dream works with teamwork, right? Mm -hmm. You can't get there by yourself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, the guys who got to the top by themselves are at the top by themselves. Yeah. And I don't want to be there by myself. Mm -hmm. You know, like what's what's that fun, mm -hmm. right? So I look at it like kind of scratch my back, scratch yours, mm -hmm. right? I've been a huge believer in karma. Maybe that's where it stems from. Okay. My mom really drove in my mm -hmm. brain at a young age that karma is true, both mm -hmm. good and bad. You know. So I have, I have quite a strong conscious, like, I don't, I don't like, even if it's like leaving a dirty napkin on the table, you know, I'm worried, like, I don't uh -huh. want to do that because now there might be a dirty wrapper left at my house the mm -hmm. next day I have friends over, like, little things like that, but even on a large scale, like, yeah, I want to help, I feel like I have to help people get, like, I shouldn't word it like that. Like, I don't feel like I have to help people, but I okay. want to help people get there because I know at one point I'm probably going to need help. Mm. And why would I expect to get help if I've never given help? Like it's that gratitude, right? Yep. Like the more you give, the more you get. Mm -hmm. um, I used to be a really big receiver. I guess you could say I was kind of like a spoiled kid, right? <laughs> like I would go to Toys R Us, I'd get my favorite toy. Sure. I'd say thank you and everything. I'd be very appreciative. Mm -hmm. But next week I'd go get another favorite toy, mm. right? Like, yeah. so I was spoiled with lots of gratitude. Mm. And I was always very appreciative. Um, my mom almost kind of called me overappreciative, like yeah. Christmas and stuff. Like, I'd feel bad yeah. if I got the gift I wanted. Like, it was weird, right? Like, I'd ask for uh -huh. the PS4, yeah. and then I got the PS4. I, actually, it was a PS3 at that time. Yeah, I'm sure. sure. Maybe even a PS2, right? No, I mean, PS2 is when I was five. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I got the PS3, and, like, you know, I felt bad. Like, I'm like, because I knew how much it was. Uh -huh. It's what I wanted. It's what I was asking for. Yeah. I didn't feel bad asking for it, but as soon as I received it, I was like, yeah. like, I was super, like, I... Thank you, thank you, thank you. But I mm -hmm. felt kind of bad. I was mm -hmm. like, man, like this is it. And then when it came, you know, a couple of years down the road, when it started getting outdated and like it came to having to sell the thing, yeah, I couldn't do it. Mm. I got a stack of game consoles <laughs> that my parents had bought me growing up as a kid because I can't sell them. Yeah, you know. And so I think that kind of just naturally goes into where I'm now wanting to help people. Like I've seen what forex trading has done for my life, mm -hmm. and it's. Like, yes, it's still working. Yes, you still have to be yeah. pretty strict with your time and go to work and Very trade and do things. But it's given me the freedom to create my own schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to ask for vacation. And if I can't get that vacation, mm -hmm. I have to plan my vacation around when I can get it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, staying home with the family. Yeah. Like, that was huge, especially with us having to be in the hospital for three mm -hmm. months with my daughter. Like, if I didn't do what I did, I would not have been able to stay at the hospital for the sure. way I did, you know? Yeah. Um, with that being said though, being at home all the time isn't good. Mm -hmm. You have to get out. You have to, you know, yeah. you have to let your, you and your significant other breathe. Mm -hmm. You have to get your space. You can't be so introverted like that. So that's where like, I recommend, you know, if you are self-employed, if you are running your own business, mm -hmm. it's not a bad idea to have a home office, right. but also have one outside of the house, mm -hmm. have a space, you know, even if it's your favorite coffee table or the library, a, a library, wherever, yeah. but it's always good to get out of the house and go work. I right. found that just a little pro tip. Yeah. hundred percent. But, uh, yeah, no, really that's, yeah, I guess. So 
maybe just to tie in and help you along with this conversation, um, you, you definitely, and you've articulated these plans and goals to me very well. So maybe just share some of your visions and ideas for creating more of a, um, I'm hesitant to say trading community, just the overall. No, that's what it is. Call it that. Okay, Call sure. it trading community. Cause that's what I'm trying to create is a community of traders, mm. right? That's like, I'm not like, yeah, okay. It's going to be a business cause you have to have, it's, it's going to be a nonprofit business. So okay. it's going to be, it's going to be a community of traders right now. I'm calling it a club cause that's essentially what it is too. And I want to transition into a nonprofit once we get the office because there are going to be expenses and things that are going to be have to paid for. And so that's when we'll move into that. But yeah, no, I'm creating a community of traders and the way I'm doing that and why I'm doing that, I start with the why I guess is cause like you started, there's a lot of scam, right? right. And it's not just in the investing and trading community. It's everywhere in the world. You yes. even see it in e-commerce, you see it everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is you got people taking advantage of the uneducated. Mm. That's what it is, right? You have the new wave, and you have all these people seeing this new wave, but they don't know about it. Mm. They know what it is, but they don't know the fine details. So frankly, the way we are, we're pretty quick to trust mm -hmm. a stranger for whatever reason, but usually we don't trust our friends when they bring a business <laughs> opportunity. It's very odd, I've noticed. Like, like if I were to bring a business opportunity to one of my friends, they would call me a loser and get him out of my face. But if a random guy calls them up and starts explaining it to him, there's a little bit more of a chance that they're going to hear them out. I don't really know why. It's that a weird is, dichotomy for sure. But it's, it's what I've noticed. But anyway, that's kind of what I've noticed is that the scammy stuff has, it's really rooted in the, this industry because mm -hmm. it's so new I think and it's and it's and exploding so quickly on social media right. and there's so much interest around it that people have found an opportunity to actually take advantage of it and but not only that well it is so the complex to, taking advantage of the uneducated right because it's a very complex thing you know and for someone who doesn't really understand it there could be little details that they're missing out on and that's where they're able to have or it's even guys that you know know they know about trading mm -hmm. but they can't successfully trade. Mm. So they can teach you things like trends, trend lines, Fibonacci, Elliott oh, Wave. Yeah. They can teach you all of the stuff to make them mm. seem smart, to make them seem like successful traders. They can go, I mean, I don't know if they do or not, but they can go rent the car and they can go make this big video and right. beautiful ad, right? Mm -hmm. Showing you all this stuff. And then they can, they can make a course mm -hmm. that seems pretty adequate. Yeah. And then they can sell it for a thousand bucks to these people. Mm -hmm. But the reason why they're going through all that trouble of making the course, selling and selling. And this isn't for everybody. I'm not speaking for everybody, but majority of the time, mm -hmm. it's because they can't make money themselves trading. Mm. So they have to find a different avenue to make money. Or they think maybe you're selling things, that right? way. Yeah. Or like you said, there's those guys that want to manage people's money, mm -hmm. right? So you have the other end of the table where people are making money successfully. They are trading successful accounts, but they have that problem of not having enough money. Mm. Or they're greedy. Or maybe they're or fearful of using their own per se. That could be it too. Mm -hmm. And so that's where they're like, Hey, give me your money and I'll trade it for you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot of it. I've found the toxicity is driven through greed, mm. right? Guys want more money. Yeah. That's really what it is. They want more money. They want more money. They don't want to work for it. They want the easiest way. How can I make a million dollars as quick as I can, as easy as possible. Mm. Right. And frankly, it's not hard. Like if you're a year into trading, you can put together a pretty adequate course. Mm -hmm. You can. Oh, for sure. And you can sell it to a guy who's never looked at a chart for 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, 
you sell that to a hundred people, you make some money. Yeah. Right? And now with social media, mm-hmm. to sell it to five hundred people is, I mean, pretty easy, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it doesn't require a lot of effort at all. No. No. And if you make a nice enough click funnel page, you don't even have to make that well of a course, and you're getting paid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now you're gonna make a bad reputation for yourself, but mm-hmm. a lot of the time people don't care because I've seen yeah. a lot of guys use fake names. Like it's very toxic culture, True. right? So that's why you have to be very careful now and that's why I'm creating the community I am. Mm-hmm. Because I'm tired of seeing people tricked, yeah. I'm tired of people getting scammed, um, getting taught incorrectly, you know, and going out into the markets and like 50% doing it right mm. and then still losing money and getting down on themselves. because. It is a big emotional battle. So mm-hmm. when you start to lose, if you're on a losing streak, the very first most common thing to do is get down on yourself. You start mm-hmm. calling yourself a bad trader. You start saying, oh, I'm not doing something right or I got to change something. You start beating yourself up, which is really the last thing you should do mm-hmm. because it's a big emotional game. It's a probability game, right? And so I also see it in these ads. Like, that's why you see these nice cars and stuff because these right. guys know emotion. Like that's how, like even in sales, mm-hmm. that's how you close the deal. Yeah. You get the emotion, right? That's mm-hmm. the strongest trait that you guys, that we have as humans is our emotion. Yeah. So if you get their emotion, you got, you got them, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I feel like that's, that's the biggest problem. And my solution is to create a community of raw traders, mm-hmm. real uncut truth. You know, I'm not, I'm not charging like a, it's going to be a dollar. We're going to charge a dollar a month yeah. to try and keep our, because we want to have a, an actual trading floor. We can all come together as a community and we can all trade together, mm-hmm. right? Not just from our homes on Zoom calls and things. Like I actually want to have an actual trading floor Yeah. and I want to be running classrooms. I want to be running lessons. I want to be showing people how to trade properly. And the way I'm going to be showing them how to trade properly is through Trade Central. And the idea isn't to charge hundreds of dollars and to run an educational platform and things like that. That's not what we're going to do. We're going to be a a club of traders, basically a group of friends, a family, right? Mm -hmm. That have a common interest. And for guys that want to get into the market, yeah, we're going to show you how to trade properly. Mm. We're going to show you the real from the fake. We're going to show you market manipulation and other things that a lot of courses don't touch on, right? Because frankly, trading is 80% psychology. Mm-hmm. Like you can learn, you can be the best chart analysis in the world and the worst trader. It comes down to your emotion, your psychology, the way you handle your mind, right? Yeah. And so I feel like if you have a community of traders that are all thinking the same way and thinking in the right way, mm-hmm. that's going to it'll transfer off so much easier. And that's the reason why I want to get this office too, so we can all be in one cohesive place, right? Yeah, have that energy. And so yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm making this club. We're gonna charge it a dollar a month just so we can keep the lights on and do, I'm gonna bring in like a food truck and things like that so we can have lunch. Just like little ideas to try and make some revenue. Yeah. And we're gonna be completely nonprofit, break even, anything over and above expenses isn't gonna go back to shareholders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's gonna go back into the company, getting better projectors, getting better computers. Get, and I wanna have a floor of 50 computers, dual monitors per station, around the walls, I wanna have TVs, the news playing, a whole nine yards. I wanna have classrooms running. I wanna have weekly classrooms running on different, um, different topics, different yeah. everything. It's gonna be drop-in style, right? So if you'll see what classrooms are available for the week, there'll be a sign-up list, drop in. Mm-hmm. 
So I want to create a club membership open door policy for traders. Mm. And that's what Trade Central is going to be. Right now, we're all virtual online, 100% free to join. We're currently in our beta process. As soon as the website launches, probably three, three-ish months, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. we're just finishing the member area and finishing that. And then, and then we're good to launch it. At that point, we're going to be charging a dollar a month. Mm. Um, actually, you gave me that idea yeah. a couple months ago. I was going to run it strictly free, no charge. Mm-hmm. And I remember you telling me, well, why not just a dollar? Just that, that dollar for accountability, yeah. you know, because yeah. you did make a very good point that when things are free, people take advantage mm-hmm. of it, right? They're not going to take it seriously for mm-hmm. one or they may take advantage of it for another. Yeah. So if I'm offering the same education as all these two thousand three thousand dollar courses are Mm -hmm. but for free is it even going to get looked at yeah right and then you got me thinking and then i said well let's let's charge a dollar what's a dollar yeah you know what i mean and then i look at it this way on the club perspective i guess this is more or less with the business perspective to it if we get a million club members that doesn't have to be in person million virtual club members for sure that's gonna help us as a company to mm-hmm. open up more floors in the five countries that we're going to right because mm-hmm. that's our goal yeah is we're gonna have 20 trading floors five different countries yeah. by 20 2030 almost <laughs> yeah. at 2020 <laughs> by 2030 right yeah. so that's the goal mm-hmm. and we're gonna get there mm-hmm. it's gonna be a thousand traders 20 trading floors five companies got 10 years to do it yeah. we're gonna do it and how we're gonna do it is through things like this you know building the community of traders but not just that we're gonna need everything we're gonna need investors in there because like i didn't make it forex central right Mm. i named it trade central for a reason Mm. we're not based around one thing Mm -hmm. i want it to be investments i want it to be stocks i want it to be everything commodities I want it to be indices. I want it to be Forex. I want everybody to come together and kind of do their own thing. Because if you go look at like a proprietary trading floor, yeah. they have it divvied up, right? They'll have their futures traders, their mm-hmm. commodities traders, their currency traders. And then not only that, they have market analysis. Mm. They have floor managers. They have videographers. They have photographers. They had so yeah. many other positions. And that's kind of what I want to do with Trade Central why I'm so keen to get into the office then it opens up so many other areas that we can bring the community together mm-hmm. and work on this cohesively to try and just give back and with us being a nonprofit too, giving back to the city you know as i told right. you before i had the idea of being becoming the mayor running for the mayor of my city yes and i got to thinking about it i'm still very devoted on going through something like that yep. but i don't know if mayor is the correct path mm-hmm. in order to achieve my goal anymore because i saw got to thinking and i saw you know if i go do that, that's four years of commitment yep. that i got to put to my city which i would do mm-hmm. but that's four years that i'm not gonna be fully devoted to now trade central right so i thought you know if we're all if we're going for the community nonprofit anyway why not implement the same changes put the same amount of money and sponsor and donate mm. back to the community anyhow yeah. you know and if we get a surplus of people joining us and we get these incomes and we as a club are sufficient enough to keep going forward and we don't need to reinvest into anything yeah we're gonna invest mm. or sorry we're gonna donate yeah and we're gonna sponsor mm-hmm. and we're gonna give back to the community the best we can not just locally yeah but globally mm-hmm. right so and that'll also help moving forward building new infrastructure into different countries for sure 
Yeah, there's a there's that's a lot my there, man. that's uh, <laughs> it's just throw it at you. That's my big goal. Yeah, is to really yeah. build a community of traders, investors, like-minded, financial, mm. interested people, right? And yeah, just grow a club around it. Really, for sure. I love it, man. I I get very excited and passionate when I hear you articulate these goals and visions. Um, I think it's uh it's super valuable, man. And um, Oh, thank you. I'm, it makes me fired up that you get so excited. Yeah, well, I, it really does. I understand the value in community as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like I understand it more so now over these last three months than ever before even. You know, like this has been a time where, yeah, a lot of like weird, just straight up weird and different things have gone on. A lot right. of people's perspectives have been shift. You know, people who had traditional careers always going in the office, they're working from home. This has been a huge paradigm shift for a lot of people. For me, I've, I've always sort of, um, I actually, it's kind of funny, you and I have used Zoom quite often prior to yeah. the last three months. Yeah. But now, you know, my mom is Zooming with my 90 year old grandfather and 90 year old aunts and uncles, right? It's in nursing homes now. It's so yeah. common. SNL, Saturday Night Live, Ellen, these well, When TV I heard shows. my grandpa was having a Zoom call with his Model T club, I said, what? Like, yeah. yeah <laughs> I didn't so, know, it's, it's everywhere. All, all these things are like coming out into the masses now. And one big thing is, I don't know, just the big paradigm shift, right? People are understanding you can have that balance. You can work in the office, but you can work at home. You don't have to sacrifice family life right. to have a career. And with the internet, with these opportunities, you can do things in a bit different way, right? Yeah. And you can actually build things better, I think people are understanding, right? Almost creating a new social norm. For sure, yeah. And some things could come about this that are maybe more negative, right? Like you need mm -hmm. the social aspect. You can't always keep two meters distance. You can't stay home all the time right. unless that's like the last ditch effort to prevent something. But for the most part, you need that social aspect, but people can't overlook the, the idea of doing things from your home and still creating community, but while you're at home. And in, in that sense, it's, it's ongoing and I don't know, I think it just gives a new meaning to community, especially when you look at globally, right? Like mm -hmm. I've connected with many different people from different parts of the world, man, just like that. No yep. different than what you and I are doing. On this podcast, there's gonna be lots of guests that are not able to come here to Calgary and that are literally on the other side of the globe and we yep. can connect, we can engage, and we can create something. And that is such a huge thing. Oh, it comes huge. obvious to you and I, right? It's like, yeah, yeah it's there, obvious, but there's so much of the world that doesn't understand this and possibility. It's, it's new, like recently, like even True. just a couple of years ago, you know, if you wanted to do a podcast with somebody from the East Coast, you'd mm -hmm. have to fly them out. Right. Right? You'd be flying them out, you'd be paying for their hotel, you'd be you'd be housing them here to get yeah. your to get your guest. And so now I feel like by allowing mm -hmm. you or by this allowing you to connect globally like that yeah it's efficient mm -hmm. right it saves you money it helps move forward quicker mm -hmm. you could get how many podcasts done in a day if you oh. really wanted to grind it out right <laughs> yeah yeah and like I don't know, it's it's a good thing uh -huh. if you ask me you're gonna it get is. more work done mm -hmm. but the problem is is you got to be disciplined Right, like when you're at the office, right. you have that's, somebody that's actually the cracking the whip, getting yeah. you going, motivating you. When you're at home, you got all these distractions. Mm -hmm. You got so many other things you could be doing, like the dishes or the laundry. True. 
So while you're sitting at your desk and your peripherals, you're looking at your dirty laundry. Yeah, right? you're, you're looking at a hundred other things or, that also need your Or attention. you're looking at your books on the bookshelf. Or yeah, you're looking at true. your piano. Or you're looking at other things that you would yeah. rather be doing than mm -hmm. what you're currently doing in that given time. Whereas you're at the office, what do you have to look at? The clock. Yeah. Right? You're like, oh, I got four more hours then I'm out of here. Right? Mm -hmm. And then and then your mind's thinking, I got four more hours and I'm out of here and I'm doing all these things. Right? And now you're yeah. planning your evening out. Mm -hmm. Right? And so that's why I said in the beginning, it's not a bad idea to have an office, not only just right. to get out of the house, mm -hmm. but it gives you that sense of going to work and getting shit done. Yeah. You know, I gotta put my nose to the grindstone, I'm at work, I'm paying fifteen hundred dollars a month for this office. Let's get rent paid. Mm -hmm. Right? And I even noticed myself, I get way more done outside of the house than what I do inside my house. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that is. I get lots done in my home office. Yes. But when I leave, it's work, 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 no distractions. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, no kids, no wife, no chores, work. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's good and it can be bad sometimes. Yeah, you just need that balance and that's why you need, you need conversations like these because you need to figure out that balance for yourself. Exactly. Learn from other people. And there's so many people that weren't even considering the aspect of working from home half the time. They just didn't even know it was a possibility whereas now they understand maybe this resonates with me more. Maybe I need to fight for my right to work from home and not go back to the office or not go back to my, maybe you got to fly up north every week or something, right? Exactly. So maybe you got to negotiate and figure out a new path forward. My mom, for example, teaching piano lessons is very valuable in person, but yeah. she's finding it's so beneficial to do it from home because then she can be in charge of her routine. She can be in charge of these other things. She doesn't have to put those things aside and just go and be at the studio all the time. So there's definitely a balance and people are understanding that and learning that. And I think a key aspect of it to tie this into what you're talking about with community is if you do lack discipline from working from home or you need that kind of boost, you've got to get involved with some sort of community right? and just find that community in whatever it is, find that community online. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even, even with yeah. you, if someone isn't a trader per se or interested in Forex or stocks, they can still get involved with your community oh, just around personal development or mindset, yeah. leadership skills. Oh, if that's you're not all in trading, get a hold of us. Like we're, we're open to all business and everyone. Like I said before, that's why we want to move into the office. Yeah. Then it opens up other opportunities. You know, now we can get in videographers. Mm -hmm. Now we can get in chefs. We can get in yeah. like janitors even. Like yeah, true. It's, we can get in so many other people mm -hmm. to grow the community, different yeah. diverse positions. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, okay, Trade Central is based around financial trading and things of such. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that's where it stops. Yes. Right? Like, it, the opportunities are endless. Mm -hmm. They really are. And if we're giving back to the community, we could do in such a way of creating communal jobs. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Pay, pay the homeless to clean up the garbage mm -hmm. out of a company sponsorship. Yeah. Who knows? Like, it yeah. could be anything. Yeah, there's endless opportunities and you really have that creative mindset to find these other things, find these new opportunities. And a lot of people don't have that, unfortunately. I hope that's kind of a wave or a movement that comes over society and people start to have more creative thinking. I hope this triggers that. Mm -hmm. Shaking people out of their traditional routines and making them see things a little bit differently. Well, I feel like it will because you know the old saying, you got to get uncomfortable to grow. Yes. This has made a lot of people uncomfortable, man. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's made myself uncomfortable. For sure. You know, and I have seen lots of growth even in my own household come out of these five months of COVID lockdown. 100%. Self-isolation. Yeah. 
there's been lots mm-hmm. of personal development, family development, hell, home development. I'm doing a whole rehome renovation at my house right now. But yeah, like, that's right, isn't it? there's just there is a lot of growth that is going to come out of this on a global aspect because so many people got uncomfortable and they were forced mm. to grow and change. Right. Yeah. yeah. A super interesting aspect of it all. Um, we'll, we'll wrap this podcast up pretty soon here. One other thing I'd like to touch on just out of curiosity for myself is you have been in business school. I'm not sure if you graduated or completed that. I don't know. I just would like to hear more about that whole experience and, what your plans are with that, I guess, or your experience. Yeah, I know for sure. I'll touch in. Mm-hmm. So, um, what was it? 2017, I started my endeavor in college mm-hmm. and I started by receiving my management certificate. I just went for a certification. Um, I was really heavily devoted in being a team leader. You know, I wanted to be a manager. I wanted right. to manage okay. a team of people. I wanted to motivate. I wanted to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, something I've always been interested in. One thing that's still, Still itches me to this day as I never made it as team captain on hockey. I played, I played eight years of hockey and every year I pushed to become team captain and I got the A, but I never got the C. And, you know, and, and now I look back at it and I'm like, you know, that's okay because by me pushing so hard for that C, I created such strong leadership mm. attributes that I now possess today that, you know, maybe will help me become that leader that I desired so True. strongly back then. So. No, I went through with management and then I got my certification, got my management certificate, decided to go back for the management diploma. Mm. Uh, I did about a year and a half of that. Halfway through, I just got really bored with it. It was Mm. very general. It was very very vague, very dull. I came to realize after being four years in business, you know, I ran a recording studio. I ran a painting company. I kind of came to realize that general business was management and management was general business Mm. like it was just general right Mm. so then i stepped back and i said do i really want to continue going down this like my grades are slipping because i'm so uninterested in the content it's a lot of money like where what am i doing right Mm -hmm. so i took a step back and asked myself said i'm already this far let's go after a specialty Mm. so then that's when i switched into financial services because i thought it's what made the most sense i was already a day trader you know i was already heavily devoted into the financial industry i like business and that's where I wanted to go. Hmm. So then I started leaning towards like bank managers and things like institutional managers, okay. you know, hedge funds managers, account mm-hmm. managers. When I got into the institution or into the financial side of things, I then realized, okay, now business is so broad, right? Business, the way yeah, they break business school down is human resources, marketing, um, management, mm-hmm. finance, right? Okay. So that's how they break the business down. And then when you actually get into finance, they break it then down into like lending, borrowing, credit, mm-hmm. investing, you know. So I very had to figure out, okay, what's my niche? So it's, yeah, it's, it really forces you to niche down. You then, really right? do, like okay. you funnel down. And I came to realize that, you know, investments. Yeah. Like, like I was good with the crediting and the borrowing, but I could never work as a creditor or lender in the bank. Like I just couldn't do that. I just yeah. wouldn't be interested in it. Couldn't be a mortgage broker, couldn't be. So I started thinking, all right, where am I interested in? Where do I, where do I fit the most? And it was, in wealth management hmm. investments you know and okay. so i thought okay well, let's loop this all together i'm interested in financial i'm interested in team lead mm-hmm. kind of goes together so that's why i was looking at like a wealth management position right okay. like an account manager yeah. or even kind of maybe a bank manager institutional manager mm. and so that's kind of where i was going with that mindset 
and then you know with trade central and my forex and just investing and everything taking off the way it has with the new connections i've created over the past couple of years it's now come to look like i may not go the traditional route of getting yeah. my degree and going and getting mm -hmm. a job and you know creating a good pension mm -hmm. retiring and like i honestly truly think for myself that trade central is where i'm gonna stay for quite yeah. a long time it doesn't like i don't see selling out like it's not a business like where i'm gonna yeah. build up and sell it out like i feel like it's something that will kind of be like on my why i mm -hmm. have my third why is I want to create a legacy for my last mm. name that I can pass on to my kids. Yeah. And I feel like that perhaps could be trade central, mm. right? Because it is kind of like my baby. It's something that is very unique. I put a lot of thought into a lot of time, a lot of money. And I'm sitting here thinking, no, it's not something I would ever sell out of. Mm -hmm. It's not something that we could technically go bankrupt on unless I guess we lost all our members. Right. Sure. So it's something that could very potentially thrive mm. for decades. Yeah. And so that fires me up. Yeah. That really does. So business school, sort of going through that whole process, kind of allowed you to find your niche, so to speak. Then realizing that it did. it's hard to niche down into one thing, but that, that did allow you to sort of niche down a little bit. Because I don't agree with, I don't think it's possible just to niche down into like one thing. Like, I am this, this is what I do. I am this one thing, right? See, this is the problem I've been having. Mm. Is like, I went to business school. I niched down to business in, biz, in business school. I niched yeah. down. I figured it out. But then you just take a step back in life. Mm -hmm. You ask yourself, what's my purpose in life? Mm. Is it business? Yeah. Is this what I'm meant to be doing? Mm. Right? And like that's that's a question that's really itched me for a couple of years. Right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't know what you don't know and you True. don't know until you go and you find out. Yeah. And so that's kind of why I tell everybody like you want to find your purpose i'm on the hunt too just keep doing things <laughs> yeah. you know you got to keep doing stuff until you find i guess what really resonates with you yeah keep going forward and and well just looking at it in that respect like i know a lot of people knock traditional education and you yeah. just can't hate on it like for you it didn't like lead you to a career path per se with what they were offering, but it did help you to figure out your own. Path, I don't think you right? should knock on traditional education at all. Yeah. However, I will say it is the only thing on this planet that hasn't evolved in the past hundred <laughs> years. You know, and I, I find very interesting. It, it is evolved in every other aspect on life except yeah. for our education. It's still the same thing as to what mm -hmm. it was a hundred years ago. And so I don't feel like we need to restructure our system, mm -hmm. but I feel like we should definitely add. Oh, for sure. We, we need to add more financial literacy into our yes. system, 110%. Early I feel like on. that would, but the problem is, is I feel like that would solve the middle class problem. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that problem necessarily doesn't want to be solved by mm -hmm. the bigger guys. Or right? maybe even by the, the middle look class, at, right? What does the middle class provide? Mm -hmm. The global economy, mm -hmm. right? The middle class are the ones with the mortgages, with the boat loans, with the RV loans, <laughs> with and it's it's not a bad thing. Like I'm not knocking on them, but it's the facts, right? Mm -hmm. It's the facts of the matter. Like if you're if you're not so wealthy, you're gonna have to take loans. Mm -hmm. If you're wealthy, you will probably buy your things out unless you have a good reason to lease it, yeah. right? And if you don't have the money, you're just not gonna be able to get approved for the loan, and you're not gonna be able to buy it with cash. So you just don't get it. Mm -hmm. So it just factually leaves the middle class to be the ones that provide the money to banks as far as interest and lease payments and mortgages and things like that. And so I finally started maybe making a conspiracy theory, but you know, is the middle class made the way they are for a reason? Is the education system kept the way it is for a reason? Is it not being added to for a reason? You know, 
you gotta really ask because you, you there's traditional education you get a lot out of but yeah. then you go and you look at all this other financial literacy mm-hmm. and all this other stuff that you can actually attain outside of an institutional just from basic setting? basic books even basic exactly. books basic youtube exactly videos. and it's been like that for hundreds of years right True. reading getting more wise yeah. learning from thick black and white pages yeah and so that's where i think no traditional education ain't bad but it needs to be added to mm-hmm. it does seem like there's something stalling it and maybe it could be that aspect that you're kind of touching on but i do think there's another aspect too like people in general i think the masses are afraid of growth people like to kind of stay comfortable, They're comfortable yeah. and if if we're kind of these middle class people are kind of running the education systems per se maybe there's a lack of advancement and evolution in that because people kind of want things to stay the same a little bit you know they don't want to just fully with that being said too i've never been to harvard i've never been to an ivy league Mm -hmm. school i don't know what they teach or how they teach that's right right i'm I'm going strictly off of uh like a public school system in high school middle school and things like that yeah i i don't know what they teach in the private schools that you got to pay the good money for and that's like maybe maybe it is a different curriculum i don't know yeah that's an interesting idea. I mean, there is like that thing about Harvard, especially from guys like yeah. us who are ge- geographically very far away from that, right? Right. So, yeah, there's so much to life that's interesting and so much unknowns, right? But Well, it's even like, because I did Catholic division for a bit. Okay. So I compare, compare the Catholic division to the public division. And even the curriculum there, it was similar but different. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It was still different. Mm-hmm. And then, so I got to ask myself, a private school. You know, yeah. you got to pay to go to a private school. They mm-hmm. sometimes wear uniforms, a little bit more higher class. Mm-hmm. So you ask, is their education higher class? Are mm-hmm. they teaching different curriculums? Mm-hmm. Are they maybe teaching what we learn in grade 12 in a public system at grade 10 in a private system? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You don't know. Yeah. But something that is for certain is the opportunity is out there, right? Mm-hmm. Through podcasts, through books, through books for free at the library, right? You oh, don't yeah. have to pay for books. There is this huge movement, this wave that um, I think is is totally undeniable with the amount of the ease of access that every single individual has people like yourself that are motivated to just learn and to teach and to create community just based on gratitude and just this this thirst to help others right and that that is something that I think is unique to our times to an extent and it's just super interesting to see where all of this takes us, man. Where all of this takes us, where the podcast takes us, the, the audiobooks, all these things that are being given to the masses by the masses, and we're all creating this kind of movement of enlightenment, if you want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, very, very interesting stuff. It is. I'm curious to see where we're going to go. Uh huh. Very, um, because you have the bigger, the bigger names, right? Like you see yeah. Gary Vee all the time. He. He interacts with the youth mm-hmm. lots, right? And what does he push? Gratitude. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't need the big fancy car to be happy in mm-hmm. life. And that's what he's all about. Yeah. Which is so true. Oh. Like, even Grant Cardone, he speaks on it too. He's like, yeah. you don't, like, money doesn't buy happiness. Mm-hmm. But it buys you food. Uh-huh. It buys you a nice place to sleep. Mm-hmm. It buys you health care. You know? Mm-hmm. It buys you transportation. It buys you medication. Mm-hmm. But no, it doesn't buy you happiness. Mm-hmm. Right? So, it's something that people have looked the opposite way on yeah people always wanted the nice big fancy fur coat and nice top hat mm-hmm. and really nice wealthy and show off their things which is okay mm-hmm. but i like now that you have these bigger names pushing that gratitude mm-hmm. because it gives that average guy hope yeah. optimism you know now he's like he's not so down on himself because he has mm-hmm. a pair of sketcher sneakers who cares those are nice sneakers man uh-huh. who cares about the brand you know 
And so that's why I kind of like these bigger names pushing that because it's instilling it into our brains, which mm -hmm. then we're going to put that into our lifestyle. Yeah. So it's not just a habit now, it's a lifestyle. It's yes. not just a theory, it's a lifestyle. So mm -hmm. now our kids and our kids' kids, it's just going to be embedded. Yeah. So it, I'm hoping that'll change a globally. It I'm hoping to, it'll have, and I'm hoping it'll do the impact globally. It, it has to, and I, I wonder if our perspectives are a little bit skewed because we are in Canada and we are in a first world country. You know, I don't know if this message is being spread as much in the more impoverished parts of the world. I hope it is. See, and I see within like even the forex community yeah. a lot of. Uh, African countries mm, that's right they're heavily interested in this and I just ask myself you know are they just interested in this or are they also looking at the personal balance side right. of things as well right. because if they are that's amazing yeah you know if they are actually getting this virtual access to North America companies and mm -hmm. content to help build themselves and I'm not saying North America is better than no them. not at all because no. we learn a lot from their culture oh as well. for sure yeah and you know, internet and computers yeah. help us interconnect globally. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to grow up the entire global economy. Yeah, and I don't think we've even, or maybe we are now just scratching the surface of that, but the interconnectedness yeah. of the globe has yet to really take full force. And maybe there could be some bad things of that, but I think overall there could definitely be a lot of good coming from everyone sharing their different global perspectives and everything like that, right? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, well, uh, we covered a lot in this podcast. I think there's some really, yeah, some really, really good value in this. So I thank you so much for sitting down with me to do thank this. Thank you for having me, John. We have conversations like this very often, but to record one and to put it out there for other people to get involved with, I think is very valuable, man. Yeah. No, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. more to come. This oh. one was long overdue, but I'm glad we got it done, honestly. Definitely. I'm excited yeah. to, to come on to your show today. Yeah. So uh, one last thing before we go. I have a book to give you. Oh, wow. Um, Thank you, man. It's Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. It was actually written, I think, in 2005, which is interesting because when you read through it, it's very relevant, very um, modern. I mean, 2005 isn't a long time ago, but it really some, is. sometimes my perspective makes me think it feels is. feels like it is, but if you think about it, how far we've come. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think this book is very good for you specifically because it covers I a lot of the things that, that you're Thank about. You just in terms of friendships and community and building others up. So it's amazing. If you do get anything from that Thanks, book, bro. I would say just I read through that. a few of the chapters and hopefully, um, I don't know, just get some, get some tips and maybe even that's some validation. Great. Cause I think you're applying a lot of those principles in your own life already. So no, that's awesome. Thank you, John. Yeah. I you really appreciate welcome. that. Thanks for being on the show, man. Anytime. All right. Goodbye everyone.